And you may find yourself doing whatever is right in your own eyes. And you may find yourself wondering if there's hope for the future. And you may find yourself with a large hole in the middle of your soul. And you may find yourself disconnected from your creator, thinking there must be more. And you may say to yourself, well, how did I get here? With a creative nod to David Byrne and Talking Heads, this is Truth Traveler, topics of faith on the road of life. How indeed did we get here? How did we get to the place of separation from our Creator and needing a Savior? We discuss that and more on this episode of Truth Traveler. Stay with us. Hey folks, Brother Albert here for K-Non-K. K-Non-K means heart-to-heart in Haitian Creole. K-Non-K is a 501c3 charitable organization, bridging the hearts of those more fortunate with those who are less fortunate in the island nation of Haiti. K-Non-K provides meals, clean water, housing, education, clothing, and medical services for the underserved kids of Haiti. In addition to two fully functioning children's home complexes, a school for the local community, English as a second language classes, a place for the local neighborhood kids to come play after school with a soccer field, and a medical clinic. Your support helps supply clean water to a local fishing village, a transition house for older kids stepping into adulthood, and support to many other local orphanages in the area. Your tax-deductible donation will go a long way to help make a difference for so many in Haiti. Learn more at kanonk.org. That's K-E-N-A-N-K-E dot org. Thank you. God bless all you truth travelers out there. Thank you for joining me on this episode three. It's a good day. So, if God created everything, including mankind, and he declared it all good, then how did we get to this point of broken relationship with him? Answers lie in the beginning, the book of Genesis. In Genesis 1, we read, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God saw that everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Genesis 2, 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. God created us in his image and likeness, and like everything else, his work was very good. As you read through the entire six days of creation, notice that for everything other than man, God commanded with his word, and it was so. However, God did something different with us. He formed us of the dust of the earth and breathed into us his breath. He imparted a godly component into us, literally breathing life into mankind, giving us an eternal spirit direct from him. We are not just another animal, scientifically classified with genus and species. We were to stand out from all other living beings, to have a special purpose and relationship with our Creator to please Him as children please their Father, and to grow and become like our Father. Man is a spirit being made to walk in fellowship with God. 
man's spirit was made to rule his soul, which is the mind, will, and emotions, and the subjected soul was meant to rule the body. The body is merely a house in which the spirit and soul live while here in this physical world. Think of your body as an interface to this material world and to each other. Man's soul contains his reasoning faculties, the mind, the will, and the emotions, which animals do not have. We alone are much more than instinct. A crowning feature of the soul is man's will. The power of choice and the ability to choose make man distinctly different. Without this will, we would have been mechanical. Since God desired real love, freely given from his children, he risked created a being with a will, knowing that man could choose to disobey. Revelation 4 Verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Man was created to give pleasure to God. Somehow we think only of God bringing pleasure and blessings to us. But we, the lesser, are intended to praise, honor, and give pleasure to the Creator. Thus God made man for his own satisfaction. He yearns for a close, voluntary relationship with us, his choice creation. When a child crawls upon his father's knee to hug and kiss him, is this affection required to complete his role as a father? No. But how he desires and enjoys this response in return for the love given his child. Expressions of love for God complete his enjoyment of being our father. God wants and receives genuine pleasure when each of us answers his love with sincere praise, and he is worthy of all praise. Our Father provides us with provision, instruction, protection, and even correction when we need it. He is truly a good, good Father. Genesis 2, verses 15 through 17 says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. So, God set Adam in the garden, gave him a purpose, and set one law to obey, even outlining the warning of consequence for breaking it. Shortly thereafter, God formed woman from the side of man, intended to stay by his side and be a help meet, a suitable partner in life. Sometime after that, Satan comes in the form of a serpent and starts with Eve, planting doubt in her mind about that one command God gave. He cleverly twists the word of God in her mind and offers a false reason for God's command. We find that in Genesis chapter 3. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes will be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. What really happened when Adam and Eve disobeyed God's command? 
God had warned that disobedience would result in death. But did Adam fall instantly dead? No. He lived to the age of 930 years. Yet man did die the very moment he ate the forbidden fruit. Since man is a spirit being, it was into the spirit created in God's image that death entered. This doesn't mean that Adam and Eve ceased to be spirit beings. Rather than being a state of non-existence, spiritual death is an existence separated and alienated from God. Three kinds of death are mentioned in the scripture. Physical death separates man's spirit and soul from his body. Spiritual death separates man's spirit from God. And the second death mentioned in Revelation chapter 20, it's an eternal separation of man from God, whereby God's nature is never again accessible. Not only did man's spirit die, but his soul, again his mind, will, and emotions, became darkened, subjected to the enemy. He became a child of Satan. In John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus told those self-righteous Pharisees, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. While God's nature is life, Satan's nature is death. We must clearly understand these two words, life and death, in order to accurately comprehend the message of the Bible. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Paul wrote, And you he hath quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. In Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, he says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Spiritual death is as real as life. The difference is that death comes from Satan and life from God. All that is good, beautiful, and holy originates from God. All that is bad, evil, and corrupt comes from the devil. Satan's nature began to rule in the spirit of man when spiritual death seized dominion over creation. We see in Romans chapter 5 that by one man's offense, death reigned. By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Sin hath reigned unto death. So this is how we got to the point of separation and lost relationship with our Creator. All humanity is born with a built-in sin nature inherited from Adam and Eve. Consider this. Have you noticed that you have to teach a child how to behave, but they can manage misbehaving all on their own? In our human nature, we are automatically selfish, disobedient, dishonest, and sometimes even violent. We have no problem lusting, stealing, idolizing, rebelling, even killing. You name it, we are guilty as a whole. We have to be taught to behave better, to be lawful and good citizens, to function well in society. But thank God he provided more to the story. It's easy to skip over and miss the great meaning, but a wonderful precedent is established in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. Now, in order to do this, God had to kill animals for their skins. Blood was shed for the purpose of covering our sin. 
Later on, this is established as a sacrifice to cover sin. Down through the ages, there is a requirement of bloodshed to cover sin, and it all accumulates in a perfect spotless lamb in the form of Jesus Christ crucified on a cross to once and for all cover humanity's sin. Our sin nature carries the death penalty. And to avoid an eternal death for our sins, we must be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. This was the plan all along. For Jesus was referred to in Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Our omniscient God, who knows the end from the beginning, knew we would fail and need a Savior. So from the beginning, He planned the perfect sacrifice to deal with our failure and disobedience. This is how much He loves and wants us to live forever with Him, to wrap Himself in flesh subject himself to a human experience, and shed his blood on a cross to restore the lost relationship. Even when we come to him to be redeemed, however, the battle is not over. We may be forgiven spirits bound for a wonderful eternal home, but for now we still battle daily with our human nature. To err is human, as the saying goes. Romans chapter 3 shows us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 and Luke 11, an outline of how to pray, he shows us the importance and need of daily asking for forgiveness. Even after we are saved, we need God's forgiveness. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, a prophecy about Jesus says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Many times, in God's Word, humanity is compared to sheep. Shortly after high school graduation, I uh, spent some time living with my best friend, and we went to college together. His dad graciously took me in, provided for my needs, and uh, one interesting thing, we lived out way out of town and had a small herd of sheep there. They were in a pen, and they didn't require a whole lot of care, Uh, mostly just ate grass and kept them themselves. But one troubling thing about them, they had this innate ability to escape that fence. They loved to get out, cross the road, and get over in the neighbor's nice, freshly mown grass yard. And uh, so there was many times we uh, had to run out there and herd them back. (laughs) Sheep love to wander. They do misbehave. They love to escape boundaries, and they need a shepherd, just like us. Left to ourselves, we wander. We need boundaries and a shepherd for our own good so we aren't destroyed. In Romans chapter 8, we read, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Paul in his letter of to the Galatians, make the contrast clear in chapter 5. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, 
and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh, flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, which means lewd or indecent, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, which is contrariness, emulations, which means rivalry, wrath, strife, seditions, which is rebellion, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, which is self-control. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And speaking of walking on this road of life, heed the advice of Paul to the Ephesian church in chapter 5. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Circumspectly, that simply means looking around, eyes wide open, being aware as you travel. You can see how walking in the Spirit is not only obedient to God, but beneficial to us and beneficial to those around us. God has our best interests at heart. So, how to take advantage of this new spiritual life? It is as Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter if you were born this way or born that way. The real truth is we were born a carnal, fleshly human separated from our Creator. And we must be born again. Our eternity depends on it. Born again of the water and of the Spirit. This is outlined for us in Acts chapter 2, as Peter preached to a crowd that asked, What must we do to be saved? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, that's us, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise of the Holy Ghost is, and an eternal life is for you, no matter what you may have done in the past. God is as close as the mention of His name, and He loves us more than we can realize. He wants you back in His family to live life traveling with Him and living with him forever. Come home to a good, good father. Lord Jesus, we love you and thank you today for this opportunity again to share your truth, to learn from your word. 
Ask your blessing upon us. Apply your word to our hearts and our minds and our lives. Help us to draw closer to you. I ask your blessing, protection, your provision for all the truth travelers out there. Keep them safe on the road of life. We ask all this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Truth Traveler podcast. Any comments or questions, you can send in at truthtraveler1, that's truthtraveler, the number one, at gmail.com. Or check out our Facebook page, the Truth Traveler podcast. This is Brother Albert. Until next time, God bless you. Stay safe on the road.